truth is being present when you are fully present in the moment, that is when you are closest to who you truly are, right? A lot of times we think so far in the future, we live in the past because we're not comfortable with who we are at the moment, because everything that you have gone through to date has prepared you for where you are today. And what's coming is preparing you for what's next. So there's no reason to have to run from today. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, the podcast for your career, your finances, your financial career, and legal friends are all back together. We appreciate your time. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pals, career advisor, Sergio Patterson. What is up? And everyone's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. Love everybody. Welcome into a career advancement edition of our show. If you've listened to our show before, we like to talk about career and what it takes to become great at it. What does it take to get to that next level? And all of us, we got stuff, right, guys? Sometimes we can't bring our A game. What does it take to get to that next level? Maybe when you're dealing with some mental and emotional pain. So for today's guest, we have an amazing expert on this. Today's interview is going to be with Corey Logaitis, and she can be described as a very successful entrepreneur, and she's a champion for mental health awareness. She's been a survivor of miscarriage, divorce, abuse, suicide loss. And during these things, she has been able to not only survive, but thrive in her business and her career. So she started her company, Corey Lowe & Co., LLC. And then in six months, she was able to get 40,000 people in terms of social media followers. She's been a TED speaker. And through her Validate Your Business Blueprint coaching program, she is inspiring entrepreneurs and helping them validate their business ideas and helping them become wildly successful and create the life that they want with flexibility and doing what they love. So guys, this is a topic that we always talk about, how adversity hits your life and how it impacts you. What's been the time adversities hit your life and how have you dealt with it? Do you think you've either sank or do you think you've risen up in those situations? Well, I'll start off. Matt, with you, that. That was really you, guys are, you guys are really, you guys are very quiet. <laughs> no, Lee, you're, I mean, you're on your A game. Lee, today you are on your A yeah, game. Yeah, no, that, was one of, that was like one of the best intros he's done yet. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I, that, that's a good question, right? Everybody deals with adversity and it's all varying levels at different points in their life. But I mean, are you, are you asking for like a specific example of adversity in our lives? I mean, we don't need to go too dark here, but like, did you sit on a bra? I'm going to go real dark, dude. I'm going to go real dark. All right. All right. I'm down for it. My dark place. The bar exam. Oh. Yeah. Failing the bar exam was definitely some adversity the first time around. So, wow. So, trying to pick myself up and do it again was uh, was not easy. Was it, did it, was it useful or did it hurt you? Yeah. It ended up being like, it's so weird because at the time it was like, it was heartbreaking. It was devastating. And then, in reality, if you look at the big picture, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because I took a bar review course for the second time around. And the teacher that I had is now my employer. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I worked with him ever since for the last six years. So I got an in because I failed the bar exam the first time, pretty much. <laughs> and it, it ended up being a good thing for my career. Serge? 
Yeah, um, I was trying to think whether to do personal or professional. But yeah, I think from a professional standpoint, there's been moments where I've been in situations. I talk a lot of shit about my time at Amazon, but like, I think all the adversity I went through at Amazon like led me to where I'm at now. Because I, I think like in every situation, you know, there's ups and downs. And then on a personal side, like Lee, you were there when I had that major surgery the la- a year ago. Mm-hmm. I was pretty low and dark. I was in the hospital and for like t- nearly two weeks. But I think being in the hospital like really put everything into perspective, specifically on like the mental health awareness and stuff and not keeping like work as a top priority and just focus on like family and other things. So I think that's, uh, those are some two spots for me that I think of. Yeah. So let's bring on Corey. She's in the wing right now. She's waiting on us. And thanks for letting us give your intro, but we are honored to have you on our podcast today. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into the special niche that you're in today. Sure. So I'll give you what I call the reader's digest version. So basically I have a really expensive piece of paper that says I could draw well. So I went to school for fine art. I graduated waiting tables. I couldn't get a job. And this really kind of ticked off my father, who at the time was the second generation running my family's business. And so he said, let's get you out of the restaurant industry, take a job working for us. You'd be a graphic designer. I figured it was going to be a a part-time temporary gig. And 15 years later, I'd blink and I find myself as senior vice president running the operation. So never, ever anticipated getting there. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the work that I did. We were a wholesale distributor. So we were working with mom and pop retail as well as big tech companies, which was really cool in that we did a lot of business development, which I loved because you have to be kind of creative to think of different solutions, right? How do you get a small mom and pop retailer to compete with a Fortune 200, right? So stuff like that really kind of excited me. I got very involved at that point in time. Guerrilla marketing, digital media was just starting to come up around that point. So I was a very early adopter of using social media for marketing. And all in all, by the time I got to this point, I I loved the work that I did. I liked the people that I worked with. I was working with my family, which was great in my scenario. But I ultimately always felt like something was missing. And I couldn't quite pinpoint what that was. And I remember at one point in time, I was driving to work. And at that time, I you had mentioned before, I became a single mother very suddenly. I was in an abusive relationship for a long time and finally made the decision to leave. And so as a result of this, I was commuting two hours each way back and forth to my office. And I added up the number of hours I was paying somebody to watch my five-month-old son just while I was commuting. And it was 20 hours. So like I knew in my head, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm paying somebody a part-time salary so I can go to my full-time job. But I just kind of kept going, right? It's because it, you think that there's no other option. You think that, especially in my scenario, I was groomed for this, right? I'm the third generation. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's really no other option. And what really came down to me, and I call these pivotal life moments, which is very similar to what you guys all kind of described at the beginning. Pivotal life moment is when everything that happens after the event it's always going to be different than whatever happened before the event. So any kind of adversity follows this. So the pandemic is a prime example, but divorce, loss, job loss, not passing the bar. These are all pivotal life moments. So for me, everything I had lived up to that point wasn't enough to get me to change. What actually got me to change was right when I had thought that my life was in a good scenario in a good place. And I, I finally had found a, a partner who I thought was going to be my life partner. And I was with him for a very long time. I was the one to discover he died by suicide. So very traumatic 
in the moment, but I remember standing on the lawn of his apartment because a lot of folks don't know if you're the one to discover somebody, you have to wait for the police to come and rule you out as a suspect. So I'm like, oh my God, like I got so much trauma on top of trauma. But I remember vividly standing on the lawn of his apartment. It was June. It was so hot. The sweat's dripping down my face. It's mixing with my tears. I'm staring at the sun and I'm thinking, Corey, what are you doing with your life? Right? Everything you thought your life was this morning is drastically different right now. Everything can be gone in a heartbeat, right? You're sick and tired of watching your son grow up through your home security camera systems. When are you going to start living your life for yourself instead of other people? So literally within weeks, I stepped down from the family business, which was difficult in itself, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And I went into business for myself. And in that time frame, because of all of my, my natural talents, my education and my experience you know, in business, my actual life experience, everything I had collected along the way, I was successful right off the bat in getting my first paid clients in a couple of weeks. You had mentioned earlier, I amassed a large social media audience, but that was due in large part to me being a veteran digital marketer for 15 years. And I landed a TEDx talk within my first year. And it's now I'm teaching people how to do the same thing. But really the truth is a lot of folks, they view this and I talk about this now and it seems like it's an overnight success, but truth is it's not. It started at the very beginning with that piece of paper that I thought had no value. And that's my story. <laughs> I mean, that's really inspiring. I mean, you've really had to face some major challenges, not to put us in a dark spot, but that when you were at your lowest low, right? Just out of curiosity, because I don't think I've had to face the love of my life, right? Passing away and being there and trying to get myself out of that. But can you give us a little bit on like what you did to like get yourself out of that or how you even just dealt with that? I mean, that's pretty traumatic. There's a few things. And the one thing I will be very kind of honest and candid about when I was standing on the lawn that day, there was this odd sense of, I guess you could call it in a way confidence because as traumatic as a situation it was, I had been through so much in the three years before that happened between my abusive marriage and miscarriage and everything else going on. I was just kind of like, what, Corey, you're equipped to handle this. Like you, you have the skills, you've been through it and you've rebuilt your life multiple times over three times in the last three years. You're just going to have to do it again. And you got the skills that you need to do it. So that was the very first thing that went through my head. Which to kind of highlight what you guys had mentioned at the beginning and sharing your experiences, you kind of view it after the fact years later, like, hey, it was a good thing. Everything works out for a reason. Anyway, losing my loved one was not a good thing. But if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't be the person I am today, right? Doing the type of work that I'm doing today. It was transformative. So that was first and foremost. I kind of knew that I had the skill set that I needed to be able to survive it. But the other part too was during the phase immediately after, I really needed to, especially as a high performer, a lot of times we're always kind of trying to show up for other people all the time. And it was the first time that I really kind of set that boundary and said, no, like I need to take care of myself. I slept as much as I needed to. I ate the best I ever could. I actually asked for help with my son, which I was a very proud individual and never liked asking for help with anything. But I finally started accepting help. And really, you have to start taking things day by day, because if you, if you think too far ahead, you get so overwhelmed that you're never going to dig yourself out of the hole. But at the same time, if you think about what your life was before everything happened, then you kind of get more depressed and it's this kind of like never ending cycle of negativity. So it's really important that you keep your mindset in the current moment 
And that was really my focus each and every day after. It wasn't, how do I dig out of this? It was, how do I get through the day? One of the things that you said that I think a lot of people face is the, the adversity you're facing with having to commute to work two hours each way and pay this babysitter. And it's like a lot of people have that struggle where they have to work, and they, but they can't. They have to have a babysitter at the same time. And sometimes the pay that they're receiving is almost equal to what they're paying the babysitter. So it's like canceling each other out. And it's, you know, it's a struggle I see all the time. Like a lot of my friends have it. What was like that moment where you're like, hey, this is going to stop now. I'm going to change this. It was literally on the lawn that day that I decided I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I, I, I kind of had the ball rolling that I was going to start like a side, maybe a few weeks before. Actually, one of the last conversations I had with my lost loved one was regarding how I had finally hit 100 Instagram followers for the new business account. So I was definitely on the road to doing it, but I really kind of dove all in. And it's interesting. I'm actually glad you asked this question because uh, I get asked a lot, like, when's the right time to do it? And for me, I was just kind of like, all right, well, my intuition said quit immediately. But my brain was saying, you're a single mom with a mortgage and then three-year-old, how are you going to pay the bills? And then when I went and I actually looked at my financials and everything, I worked at a six-figure job for a very long time. I was well off. I did what a lot of financial experts would advise. And I had six months of emergency savings. So I decided, you know what? This is an emergency of my soul. I'm going to bank in on the emergency savings. I'm going to quit today. And that's what I did. And I used that money to build my business. Oh, God. Lee is smiling. Yeah, Lee, that's like Lee's best advice. Six months. Six months. They fight me on it. There's the, there's the no, no, no. But yeah, Corey agrees. Good for you, Corey. Uh, no, Lee, Lee says that you have to do six months before you can take a vacation, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Job, emergency fund vac- before the vacation. <laughs> Corey, I just wanted to say, like, thanks for being so vulnerable. I think it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, like, in, in, this, in, in today's world, everybody isn't like that. So mm-hmm. on this show, we love transparency and vulnerability. So appreciate that. I was curious, like, it sounds like you come from a pretty, like, tight-knit family. You were part of that business for what looks sounded like 15-plus years what impact does your did your family have? I'm sure those conversations were tough. So I think that impacts a lot of people too, is like, what's the outside world is going to think when you make these decisions? What was that experience like when you had to just like break away? I'm starting this thing on my own. Deal with it. Honestly, that was the most difficult thing. A big part of it is I was grooms that to take over it. There were a lot of external factors involved with the decision as well in regards to the industry that I really aren't really relevant to go into for the sake of this call that guided that decision that, okay, well, either we could revamp what we're doing in this business to make it more fulfilling to me since I am the next one that's going to be taking it, or I could go and do something completely different. And for me, it was, I felt like the industry wasn't in alignment to my core values. So it had nothing to do with my family or anything. It was just what was built was in an industry that I just didn't really jive with. And I really felt a strong call. And this is actually kind of hilarious. I never considered being a coach or doing the kind of work that I'm doing now until I had my therapist suggested to me. So before everything had happened, when I had lost my partner, I had started to go to therapy because when I was on those 20 hour commutes and whatnot, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, I feel terrible. I can't pinpoint why I feel terrible. My family is very big at repressing our emotions. So I couldn't articulate what I was feeling. So I put myself in therapy to kind of try to figure it out. 
And it was like, oh, guess what, Corey, you're depressed. <laughs> you're dealing with all this you know, external stuff. Let's kind of work through it. So it became evident through those conversations that the, the reason I was depressed was because of the work that I was doing and not necessarily my career or the family business. It was what part I had in it, what impact I felt like I was having on people. And my therapist was the first one to say, like, have you ever considered being a coach of anybody I've ever met? You get something in your head and you get it done. A lot of people can't have that kind of, they don't have that kind of forward thinking. If you could teach people how to think the same way that you do, you could have a tremendous impact on people. And my first response or my first reaction was you're nuts because I didn't believe I could do it. I had no quote unquote experience in coaching, but the funny part about it was I remember it was maybe two months before I had this conversation with her, I had watched that documentary on Netflix on uh, Tony Robbins. I am not your guru. And I remember being completely like enthralled by the whole thing, thinking like, oh my God, this guy's got the best job. Like I would love to be able to have that kind of impact on people, just having a conversation with them and getting them to change their thinking and kind of change the trajectory of their life as a result of one conversation. But I never envisioned myself as being able to do that because at that time, when I had seen that as an opportunity, I was still closed off to know you're being groomed for this. There's no other options. So when the opportunity did come up and I decided to make that break, as you described it, the very first step for me was I knew I had to kind of go out and start to educate myself about the coaching business in particular. And the more I did it, because I looked into certifications, I, I'm a voracious reader. I read a lot. And through the course of everything I was reading, I realized what? She was right. I have all the skill sets. I'm already doing it as a senior vice president. And the roles that I've been doing as a leader, being able to guide people to be their highest performing self in a way. So I am capable of doing it. And then it was easy for me to go right in. So really truth is we have to own our own confidence for that specific thing. I was not confident. So it was up to me to go out there and get the education and the information that I needed so that I could take action, uh, being able to step into my role as a coach, which is what I'm doing today. And I feel like I went on a little bit of a tangent, but did I answer your question? We're just listening. That was, that was really good. Yeah. So now that you are in this being mm -hmm. like an elite performance coach, like, and you've had these clients and you've worked with all these people, like, what do you feel is the common thread of people that are trying to become this elite performers and what's holding them back? Themselves. That's and not in the way that I think that, not in the way that I think a lot of people would think I mean by that. So the, the number one thing I think that holds a lot of folks back is they're so worried about what other people think about what their achievements are, or what they're going to think about them when they achieve it, that they're not looking internally as to what that achievement means to them. And they're not taking action on the right things based on what they intuitively know they should be doing if that makes sense. So in a way, they're kind of almost self-sabotaging themselves because they're taking misaligned action and more or less efforting and not getting the results that they want because what they should be doing is some, that's something more in alignment with their talents and what they truly want to do. So they're less likely to self-sabotage it. Awesome. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense. <laughs> How do you have people correct these things that they're doing? Like, what's the start? If someone's deeply ingrained and they have their way of thinking, how do they correct it per se? Coaching is 
tremendous for this because a lot of folks who haven't experienced coaching, a good coach doesn't tell you what to do. That's a consultant, right? A coach asks questions and helps you gain the insight that you need on your own to make your own decisions. So a good coach more or less functions like a mirror and they just kind of repeat right back to you what you're already saying yourself. And then when you hear it back that way, you're like, oh, wow, that sounds really silly. <laughs> like, why am I thinking of it that way? And that's how the reframing of your thoughts kind of starts to happen. I like that. You're almost like a part-time therapist. Coach it's not therapy. Coaches. Very different than therapy. So <laughs> the one thing with coaching, okay. very different. So therapy in particular, it's dealing with exploring your past experiences and how that affected you emotionally to get to where you are today. Whereas coaching is forward thinking. It's what do you want in the future? What are your goals? What action do you need to take to get there? Got it. But it's not telling them really what to do. It's helping them navigate and kind of more self-exploration, right? Well, and motivate, right? So to motivate, but also to kind of gain clarity, I would say would be the biggest part. So a good example of this, I work with aspiring entrepreneurs. So I specialize in working with people who have thought about having a business for like 10 years, but have never taken action on it. Right. So the, the first question I would normally be asking people is, okay, well, why have you not done anything with it? And some of the answers that I hear would be, oh, well, I'm afraid of failing. Like biggest one, afraid of failing. Well, what about it are you afraid of? right? And you have to dig down multiple, basically you're always why, 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 why is the question that always comes back to get to the root of whatever that fear is. Sometimes that fear is I'm afraid of what my family's going to think about me. Sometimes the fear is I'm afraid that not going to make money right away and it's going to put my family into dire straits. The fear could be different for each individual person on why they're afraid of failing. But until you get to the core of what that fear is, you're not going to be able to get them to effectively take action on what it is that they want. So that's how coaching can be helpful because you end up getting reflected back to you what your own personal roadblocks are so that you can remove them and move forward. Is part of your process as a coach, or do you kind of sometimes act as like a sounding board for these entrepreneurs? And are you kind of, I guess, like stimulating their ideas and is it like a creative thing sometimes or... I love this question so much. In my specific scenario, yes. And that's one of the things too that I, I love about my personal background. I'm a fine artist, right? But I, by nature, think outside of the box. So I love having those types of conversations, especially with aspiring entrepreneurs. But with that said, I'm very upfront when I'm working with clients that my style, my specific style of coaching is a hybrid between consulting and coaching. So when somebody is asking me for straight up feedback, Corey, if it was you, what would you do? I'll ask them, do you want to be consulted or do you want to be coach? Right? That they get a choice because yeah, I'll have my opinions on how I would do something, but just because it's what's right for me doesn't mean it's necessarily right for my client based on their specific talents, education, and experience, which is going to be very different than mine. That's great. So Corey, tell us about the Validate Your Business Blueprint and how can people find out more about that? Sure. So you could uh, visit my website, www.corylow.com backslash VYBB program is for that specific uh, program. But what we do is we help aspiring entrepreneurs uh, validate that their ability to work for themselves by landing their first paying client. And the cool part is we do it without websites, without content, without paid ads. This is because truth is you don't really have a business until you get somebody to pay you for it. 
Uh, so you want to be able to validate your business concept first before you make any kind of major investments in your business, LLCs, stuff like that, right? So that's really the core transformation promise that we have. And we, I mean, I've had a wide array of entrepreneurs through the program. Generally, they're anywhere within their first year. Either they're having difficulty that they've never been able to land their first client doing it a year on their own. Mm -hmm. Or I have I have somebody who just joined this morning who just for 10 years has wanted to be an entrepreneur, but hasn't been able to figure out exactly what it is that they should offer. That's joining specifically to get that kind of coaching on figuring out how to package that talent, education, and experience into a service offering that they can help and serve others with. Have you ever had to tell one of the people, hey, your business idea just sucks? (laughs) No, because truth is, I think that every business idea can be done well with the right market, depending on what it is that they're offering, but you have to validate it first, Mm. right? So I think initially the intent is there. You know, what they ultimately want to accomplish is there, just the delivery vehicle might not necessarily be right. So we've had a lot of folks come in through the program where I'm just being upfront, I don't do brick and mortar. Like I am not about brick and mortar. I am not about reselling. It's just, I came from tech, you know, and, and doing electronics. I wanted nothing to do with it. Plus I don't like it for a first business too, because there's too much overhead involved with it, which makes it that much more scarier, but it's much easier to be able to confidently say, hey, I'm really good at this and I can help you with it. You want to pay me for it. Right. So that's why I work specifically with service businesses. But I've had a lot of folks who have come to me that have wanted to start some kind of a brick and mortar operation. And we've helped them gain clarity on why they wanted that specific business model, whether it be like a a juicing store, or we had somebody who wanted to set up a, a doggy daycare, right, was an example of it. And really the truth was, it wasn't about the physical building. They wanted to have an end result or an end impact on, for example, pets and the way that they're cared for or people's health through the juicing. And we've been able to effectively have them create service offerings that help them deliver that same result without needing the physical building. Yeah, it's great stuff. That's that's super helpful for a lot of business owners because I think all these things that you're talking about from what we see... For the ones that don't make it, very common. Like they don't have that right direction. They're not strategizing the way you're doing it. So that's extremely valuable. Hey, Corey, I'm actually looking at your your website right now, and it says that you have a free masterclass coming up on February 15th. Is it? I do. Mm-hmm. I run them on a regular basis, though. So if right. I always have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that. And, and so, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you offer in that masterclass? Sure. So the free masterclass shares my three-phase strategy on starting a business from deciding on an idea through landing that first paying client. So it's very much the same methodology that we teach within the Validate Your Biz Blueprint, but just on a much higher level so that you can get an idea of exactly how that works and see how all the puzzle pieces fit together to be able to do it with low and no cost startups. In taking this masterclass, people can kind of get an insight to your coaching style and, and your uh, you know approach and strategy to the whole... Exactly. To coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah, check out that masterclass. Yeah. Corylo.com backslash free class. <laughs> We've appreciated you having on our show today. You've been giving us some great advice, but to take it to the end. Going back to that TED that TED talk you did. I had to listen to it. I thought it was phenomenal. One thing you mentioned in there was how uh, everything you went through made you realize the value of being present. So to end our episode. Why, just tell our listeners a little bit about like what you learned about being present and how you've done it. That's a big question <laughs> to end on. Well, truth is being present when you are fully present in the moment, that is when you are 
closest to who you truly are, right? A lot of times we think so far in the future, or we live in the past because we're not comfortable with who we are at the moment. So when you have the ability to really be able to be in the present and be with your loved ones and be in your environment and actually acknowledging everything that's going on around you, that's the closest to who you truly are at this moment. And that is nothing to run away from, right? Because everything that you have gone through to date has prepared you for where you are today. And what's coming is preparing you for what's next. So there's no reason to have to run from today. Deep. Love it. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop drop right there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA at www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.